Thank you so much for joining us for today's podcast. We'll get started in just a moment. If this is your first time here, please consider subscribing so that you may stay up to date with the latest podcast. And if our podcast brings value to your life, please consider sharing it with family and friends. Thanks for listening. And now here's today's podcast. Thanks for joining us for the Covenant Living Broadcast with Pastor John Butler of Covenant Life Church, located at 130 Atlantic Avenue in Bremen, Georgia. John chapter 1, I'm just reading two verses today. First verse and the 14th verse. In the beginning, the Word already existed. Notice that the Word is capitalized. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. In verse 14, so the Word became human and made His home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we have seen His glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. Father, thank You for allowing us to gather today. Lord, thank You for these parents who brought their kids out so that we can begin to train up a new generation of worshipers a new generation of men and women who know you and love you. And Lord, I just pray that you would bless our time together today in the word and in worship and in a few minutes in communion. And Lord, we just pray that you're honored and glorified in everything that's said and everything that's done and everything about this season. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. When I became the pastor of this church, it was at the beginning of the Christmas season. It was December 2nd when it was official. And I remember being really intimidated by what I felt like was the expectation that I preach a Christmas message the whole month of December every year. Um, and I was afraid. So I was like, okay, I got like the Mary and the Joseph stuff and the shepherd stuff and the wise man stuff and like what other stuff is there. And I remember being really scared and really intimidated that I might run out of stuff. Uh, but now this is uh, 11 years into it, and I realize that the story of Christmas has so many different threads and, and so many different connections, and it's woven so deeply into the fabric of everything about the gospel that it really now it'd be hard to imagine uh, running out of material about Christmas because it's just it's everywhere. Lots to choose from, lots I enjoy talking about. Uh, but this morning, I want to talk about maybe my favorite and, and maybe the most important part to talk about. The scripture that we just read said that um, it's, not really con- it's not really considered a Christmas scripture, but it does lay the framework for the entire Christmas story and really the whole gospel. And in doing that, it describes the main difference between Christianity and all the other religions. And what those two verses showed us was that Jesus Christ, the second person of the Godhead, the one through whom everything was made, stepped out of heaven and came to earth. And he didn't reveal himself in all of his glory. He didn't come to demonstrate his power and his might and his splendor and his majesty. Instead, he came as a poor Jewish baby in a troubled region of the Roman Empire. The passage says, so the word became human. Some translations say the word became flesh. And today I want to talk about the the fact that Jesus, the son of God, became one of us. One of us. I think his humanity is best seen in the contrast between who he actually 
is and who he chose to be while he was on the earth. The one who created everything became one of his creations. The one upon whom the government would rest upon his shoulders was born under the oppressive and corrupt Roman Empire. The God of the universe, the one who owns the cattle on a thousand hills and owns the hills, and the old country preachers used to say, and the taters in all those hills, was born to a poor working class family. From the time he was born, people were trying to kill him. The source of life under constant threat of death. The one whom Isaiah said gives the oil of joy and gladness was also the one that Isaiah said was acquainted with grief and carried our sorrows. He was the resurrection and the life, but because of civil unrest, because of political upheaval, because of poor sanitation and inadequate medical care, he was surrounded constantly by death. Philippians 2 tells us that he gave up the trappings of his deity to take on the robe of humanity. He gave up being a king so he could be a servant. The contrasts are striking, but they reveal what they reveal is a God who loved us so much that he was willing to endure the disrespect and the pain and the loss that he suffered in order to connect with us in a way that we could never have imagined and would never have known to ask for. Jesus became one of us so that we would know that no matter what season or situation of life we find ourselves in, no matter what we're going through, no matter what Christmas has come to mean to us, that, that whether it's a joyful time or a sad time, whether it's a fulfilling and exciting time or a difficult and lonely time, a reminder of, of simpler things, a reminder of happier things, or, or the, the reminder of the loss that we've experienced, we can have the assurance that Jesus knows what we're going through, that he's been where we are. We don't have to be intimidated. We have to respect and, and give honor to his deity, but we don't have to be intimidated by the fact that he's God because he took on our humanity. He's one of us. He's one of us. One of my favorite shows uh, to watch a few years ago was one called Undercover Boss. Anybody ever see that? I had to quit watching that mess. Man, I just cried. I'd squall at the end. It was ridiculous. Um, and if, in case you're, you're not old enough to know what this, is, what this was about, it's the CEO or the president of the company would go undercover as an employee in his own company, his or her own company, as an entry level or a, or a frontline uh, job in his own company. So they would get to know people. Nobody knew who they were. They'd get to know people on a personal level. They'd get to know people in a way that they'd never been, they would never have been able to as CEO. Because when the boss walks in, right, everybody straightens up. You're never going to say anything. anything's wrong. You're never going to really tell the truth to the boss, so they had to go undercover. Most of these guys and gals had never done any other job in their company except for being an executive. So those people that they were working with now undercover would open up to them about what life is really like and what the company is really like for the rank and file. 
And invariably, not only did the CEO learn a ton of stuff about their own company, but the employee learned that the boss wasn't just a picture on the wall or a page on the website. It was a real live human being who actually cared about them. Now, here, here's, the, here's where the analogy falls apart a little bit. Jesus got nothing to learn about anything, all right? He ain't learning nothing because he knows it all. He's omniscient. He knows everything. But he became sort of an undercover boss for us. He stepped out of his office on high, and he came to live as one of us. And now, he didn't learn anything that he didn't already know, but what it did was allow us to get to know him in a different light. See, he's not just a God somewhere in the sky. He's not just a name on the page of an ancient book. Now, now we know that we can trust him because of what he did for us. We know, we know that he's been where we are, that he lived like us and talked like us. He worked beside us, side by side, and he experienced life through our lens, through the lens of humanity. The New Testament book of Hebrews says we can trust him because he's experienced all the same things that we've experienced. And, and he can show us how to face those things without sin, without losing faith, without falling away from God, because he did the same thing when he was one of us. So if you're overwhelmed with joy this morning, he's been there. Or if you're overwhelmed with grief, he's been there too. If you're weary and tired, he's been there. If you're grieved by the sin and the despair around you, he's been there. There is, there is nothing that you're going through that Jesus hasn't been there too. And that's why it's, it's such an important aspect of the Christmas story. It's what theologians call the incarnation. But it's enough for us to know what it means that Jesus became one of us. And he did it because God so loved the world that he gave up his one and only son, so that whoever believes in him would not have to perish but have everlasting life. And it's because of that great love that he went to great lengths as one of us. He didn't just become a baby in a manger. That, that's ridiculous enough. He didn't just become a baby in a manger. He became a criminal on a cross. The one who knew no sin became sin for us. When he took upon himself the sins of the entire world. You say, John, I, I can't come to Jesus. I can't really relate to Jesus because even when he was on the earth, even when he was one of us, he was perfect and he was sinless. You, you don't understand the road that I've walked. You don't know the things that I've done. You don't know or the things that have been done to me. You don't know where I've been. I want you to listen to me very carefully this morning. Jesus knows. Jesus knows. Because he didn't just die for those sins, either committed by you or against you. He didn't just die for those sins. He carried your sins. Do you understand the difference? He felt the weight of every sin that has ever been committed. The guilt, the shame, the pain... Everything. He knows exactly what it was like for you because he carried all of that pain and all of that shame and all of that guilt for you. He became 
one of us. Not just the best of us, but the worst of us too. All of us. No matter what path you're on today, he knows what you're going through because he's one of us. The word became flesh and lived among us. So let me ask you today, what's keeping you from Jesus? He came to you, what's keeping you from him? What's keeping you from surrendering your life to him today? There is no other God like him. There's no one like Jesus. There's no other offer on the table. Why don't you surrender your life to him today? Stop running. Stop fighting. Stop trying to earn his favor. Stop hoping that you've done enough good things in your life to outweigh the bad. That's just, that's not how this works. Stop trying to do it on your own. Stop trying to prove yourself worthy. He's taking care of all of that, all by himself. He just wants you to come and surrender to him and get in relationship with him. Like, John, if you just like write down the prayer for me, I'll just say the prayer and we'll just make it official. That's not how that works. It's not about a prayer. It's not about reading something or checking a box. It's not about just going through the motions. This is a decision that you make in your heart to surrender your life to him once and for all, that you're all in with him. There's nobody else. You say, oh, but John, I don't like all the hypocrites in the church. <laughs> yeah, Jesus didn't much like them either. And he wore them out every chance he got. But guess what? He died for those hypocrites too. He said, John, I got a lot of questions. I got a lot of questions about why things have happened the way they've happened in my life. There's a whole lot in this world that I don't understand. And I'm just going to tell you today, me too, buddy. Me too. But you're never going to get the answer to the question until you ask. And you have to ask the only one who knows. So don't let a few questions stop you. Surrender your questions and your life to the one who is the answer. And he'll tell you when you're ready, whether on this side or on the other side. But he's not afraid of your questions. So what's keeping you from him. In just a few minutes, we're going to take communion together. It's, it's, not, it, it's, it's symbolic not only of why Jesus died, but really why he was born in the first place. He was one of us. And I want to give you a chance before, before we take communion together to surrender your life to him, to surrender your burdens to him, surrender your questions to to him. Surrender your guilt and your shame to him because he knows he was there. He paid the price for you. He took it all for you. So just give it to him. I promise you can trust him because he's one of us. He's one of us. Why don't you stand with me if you don't mind? There is no version of uh, Christianity where you get to pray the prayer 
sign the card, check the box, shake the hand, and just go about your life like nothing ever happened. It's not a get-out-of-jail-free card. When you, when you talk about getting saved, this is about establishing a relationship with Jesus for the rest of your life. Trusting Him completely as your, own, your only path to heaven. Your only path to forgiveness. Your only path to right relationship with God. And so that means whatever He says goes. And where He leads you, it's, a, it's an automatic yes before you ever hear where He's taking you. That's what, that's what, we're, that's what I'm inviting you to today but if you say John listen I know that Jesus is the way I know that he that he was born and he died for my sin and and I'm tired of running and I'm tired of trying it every other way and this morning is the time that I want to surrender to him then you're in the right place at the right time okay so why don't you bow your heads with me please if you say John listen that's me and I'm ready to surrender to him right now and I understand he's the boss and I understand he's the only way to heaven and the only way for forgiveness of my sin is the only path to right relationship with God and I'm ready to give my life to Him. Would you just slip your hand up and let's pray together? Is there anybody here? Thank you, sir. Is there somebody else here that, that would like to say, thank you, sir? Is there anybody else here? Say, I'm ready. I'm ready to go all in. I've been playing this game. Thank you back there, ma'am. Is there anybody else? I'm tired of playing. I've been coming to church, but now I'm ready to, I'm ready to get in. what I'd like for you to do. I'd like for you to pray and surrender yourself to the Lord. You say, John, I don't know, I don't know how to do that. You talk to him and you tell him that you know you're a sinner and you know he died for your sins and that you are ready to surrender your life to him and that he's the boss no matter what. And I'm going to pray with you, but I can't pray for you. Okay? And listen, if you are here today and you say, listen, John, I've had a relationship with him, but I'm just going to tell you, the, the worries and the cares of this life, the busyness, all the distractions, I've just wandered away from the Lord. And today I want to I want to go all in with the Lord again. Then you do that today too. You do that today while we all pray together. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for these hands, the four or five hands that went up today that said, today I am making, I am making my commitment to you. Lord, I pray that you would draw them into right relationship with you. I pray that as they begin to pray now, as they confess that they're sinners, as they confess that, they're, that they have no other way to be in right relationship with you, Lord, I pray that you would forgive them of their sin as your word declares that you will, that you would cleanse them from all unrighteousness, that you would save them, that you would save their souls and write their names in the Lamb's book of life. Lord, I pray that you would call them, that you would speak to them, that you would, that you would help them to, to just go all in with you, that they would, they would begin to pray, they would begin to worship, they'd begin to serve and love people as you fill their hearts with your love today. God, I thank you for, for these new brothers and sisters today. And I pray, Lord, that you would bless them and keep them and help them to stay connected either to this house or to some other house as they continue their walk with you. Lord, I thank you for every person now who is, who is recommitting themselves to you and who's determined to live a life that's pleasing to you. Lord, I pray that you would help us, every one of us, 
every one of us in whatever situation we find ourselves, whatever season of life we're in today. I pray, God, that you would just manifest yourself to us in a, in a special way. Lord, in a way that we know that you are near to us. That you'd speak peace, that you'd speak strength and joy and life and light into every situation. And may we be grateful for every good and perfect gift that you've given to us. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. We pray that you have been blessed and inspired by today's Covenant Living broadcast. To find out more information about our ministry, just visit our website at www.covenantlifewestga.org. You can find this video there on our homepage. Just click the YouTube button and make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. Give us a call at 770-537-3747. That's 770-537-3747. At Covenant Life, our mission is to go and make disciples by being real, relational, and reaching. Be sure to join us next week for more Covenant Living with Pastor John Butler.